Today's guest is Kathleen Coles. She is a partner at Deep Water Point. She serves on the board of APSIA International and she's the president of APSIA Bethesda and has been a huge supporter of ACTIAC programs. In fact, Kathleen and I met in the trenches in 2018 when we were preparing for the ACTIAC Executive Leadership Conference and we had a lot of fun and that moved on to multiple years of that work. And so I just really enjoy this opportunity to talk to you, um, just you and I. And uh, so thanks for joining me today, Kathleen. Ditto, I look forward to it too. So for people who haven't had a chance to, to work with you, get to know you a little bit, talk a bit about your background, where you're, where you're from, who you are and what you do. Well, I'm a Washingtonian, first of all. My husband is a Washingtonian and all my children are Washingtonians. So uh, my father was in the Navy and then was in the private sector here. And Dave's family was also, so spent a lot of time here. Went to the University of Maryland, grew up in Bethesda and uh, Maryland and went to the University of Maryland and uh, did all the usual University of Maryland thing. We have a big community out there of Terps, so love, love our Terps. And uh, got married in, uh, in six months. Uh, I had a six month old baby. Um, and I got married in 80 and 82, I went to Nairobi, Kenya. Took a little six-month-old, uh, Dave was with USAID, and I uh, worked for the embassy. I worked for the Foreign Commercial Service Office there for two years and ran the American Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and then we moved to uh, moved to Cairo, Egypt, wow. and uh, I worked for um, AT&T International. I had taken a leave of absence. I was, I'll come back to that, but uh, my my entree into the business world was with CMP Telephone Company. So I was always in IT, took a leave and uh, went to Kenya uh, first, as I said, and then over to Egypt. And I ran uh, with uh, AT&T International. And then I ran the public affairs office for USAID for two years, back to DC and then back to Hungary for four years, uh, Digital Equipment Corporation, and then back. And, and I realized um, I was, uh, I'm a, I'm a team person. I, I like being on teams. I like, like being a part of a big team and I really liked um, IT, but I didn't start that way because like everybody, I went to college and uh, when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I went into early childhood education. <laughs> I didn't go into business. And uh, when I graduated from Maryland, my mother said, and what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And I went, ah, I actually, Actually, don't know. I was just having fun. So I went to the Johnson O'Connor Human Research Foundation and did uh, two days worth of aptitude testing. Hmm. And uh, it's not just a personality test, but they uh, do everything from assembling and uh, gathering and listening and all kinds of ways in which aptitudes are tested. Uh, and it turned out that I had three, uh, three focus areas, they said, for me. Uh, to be a phys ed teacher, uh, to be a real estate agent, or be in business communications. And little did they know that I had a job interview with CMP Telephone Company for business communications. And I've been there my whole life. So sort of sort of an interesting way to do it. I highly recommend if you don't know what you're doing or want to do, that is a great uh, set of um, you know, aptitude testing, because do something you love, you know, so just a little bit about me to start. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, early childhood development could could be applicable to our work in government. You know, you never oh, yeah, everything I learned, I learned in kindergarten, right? <laughs> share, share, be nice, learn how to play in the sandbox. 
That's so funny. So, so when did you, so, so you were moving around a lot. I, I love that Cairo and, and Kenya and Hungary. Um, have you been now in the United States so, solidly for a while now? Yes. And um, my husband still uh, USAID and uh, still serves uh, and travels. Well, not recently, naturally, like most everybody. But I think that uh, for myself, I started so young overseas and it really shaped my interest in diversity and, and uh, equality and accessibility of all kinds of uh, what, uh, people and their backgrounds and uh, their passions. And, and uh, one thing that you know, is always a, a common denominator should be our values, you know, and our values are constant, but the way in which we work together, everybody's viewpoint is different. And so that sort of interest for me was carved out very young, especially living in um, very poor uh, developing countries, um, you know, starting in Kenya, uh, Egypt as well. Hungary was just coming out after the Cold War and the wall had just fallen down. So a lot of interesting stories there, but uh, a little bit there to answer your question. So what brought you into the kind of government, con, you know, GovCon gov space, if you will? Well, I, uh, when I took leaves of absence, I had worked for the telephone company. I, I was recruited pretty early uh, before I went overseas to the manufacturing side. So uh, I was uh, working with Bell Labs and all the new innovation coming out. And we were working to uh, present new capabilities to telephone companies. And, and all of that uh, background, I was... Um, very interested in, I wasn't an engineer per se, but I was trying to listen and learn the technical side, but present it in a business way. So I felt that um, this sort of background carried with me and stayed with me overseas internationally, and then came back and I went back to them and was on the government team for quite a number of years. And I actually uh, retired from uh, that organization and that's how I came to Deepwater Point, which has been 10 years now. So I like to say that I was selling uh, when there was no G. Um, <laughs> and that's a fact because uh, we had PowerPoint presentations about what going from CDMA to, to uh, you know, the whole wireless environment, what was going on there. So uh, it was a fascinating ride. And uh, I can tell you also when you and I met um, at ACT IAC, I was the chair of ELC in 2014, uh, and a couple of years before I was on the board of ACT-IAC, and uh, there was nobody looking at wireless. And I kept saying, where's the mobility side of this? Nobody is paying any attention, and people just blew me off. They just, uh, it, it, but I was like, wait a minute, you know? And, uh, and uh, not that anybody listened to me, but uh, we, we came so, we have come so far. And uh, now the kinds of uh, capabilities that we have, uh, we knew it, we saw it come out of the labs uh, many years ago. We tried to get it, uh, you know, as standards. I always say standards are us. It, you know, industry wants to know what the standards are. We have to be building to standards for interoperability. And so I was all about that and worked on an unbelievably amazing team that uh, was uh, 
so uh, full of brain power. Uh, and they would teach me and tell me things, and I would try to translate it into use cases and applicability for government agencies and the uh, sales teams in the uh, in the telephone world who were having to sell. How would you sell that to agencies once they had it as a standard? And so it's a, been a fascinating run to watch everybody evolve in this space. Was there anything specific that kind of precipitated the retirement from the telecom space and then moving into Deepwater Point? Well, they offered me a buyout. Yay. <laughs> well, that's yeah. always pleasant. You know, I, I had a little opportunity and my husband was uh, is a wonderful man. I've been married 42 years and he said, go for it. And uh, I had met uh, the team and loved everything about them. And uh, John Johnson said, hey, come join us. We don't have anybody with mobility or wireless. And uh, John is a former assistant commissioner at GSA. And now it's 10 years later. And uh, that team is, I haven't had a bad day or a bad minute in 10 years. I just love what uh, we do there. So it's been a great ride. So uh, along the way in your career, I'm sure you've seen all kinds of interesting things. Um, what's something you've witnessed that if we were to come to you, Kathleen, and say, today you can make this change or, or today you can make us really think about the change, right? Not just brush it off. What's a change that you might recommend uh, we make that you've seen? Well, you know, in my era, there were very few women. Uh, there were very few, if any, minorities, and everybody was the same. And uh, I have always struggled with why aren't we listening to uh, other voices in the community, other backgrounds in the community, um, other uh, diverse uh, experiences that really lend for better decision-making. If you only hire the people you know and uh, that you know you feel comfortable with, you're, you're only gonna get the same thing. So even at NFC at Bethesda, I have, uh, uh, the team has a focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, DEIA, uh, and, uh, I think AFCEA International overall is really focused on that. Our board is diverse in person and thought and company and the role of the board and the subjects we discuss and everybody has a voice. And so I, I would encourage everybody to not look for yourself and not look, get out of your comfort zone and do, do something bigger and broader and uh, have a vision that is, um, is growth oriented and that's what I would change. Hmm. That's very interesting. So, I mean, that's, that is a big movement lately, right? Since COVID, we've thankfully, I think, had a little bit more introspection, a little more thought about our people. Uh, I, the movement was there a little bit before that, but certainly COVID helped illustrate it more intensely, if you will. And is that, is that something you find... Um, yourself, you know, engaging in, in the organizations you volunteer with? Is it something that uh, comes out through in some of the work that you do? So I have a, a really good story, I think, that illustrates it. One of the things that we do, and uh, certainly all the associations do, do this, the not-for-profits, and that is give back to the community. We give back to the University of Maryland uh, and Shady Grove and Montgomery College, and I mentor uh, young uh, college students. And I had a student 
who was a cybersecurity major and a criminology major, female. And I asked her about public service and public service. Now it's ingrained in, I have three adult children. They, uh, all three are involved with government public service. My husband was government public service. My dad was, and Dave's dad was. So we grew up in public service and this young woman uh, didn't know what I meant by that. And I said, just think about the issues that in criminology uh, and cybersecurity that your intellectual capital and the way in which you're being trained would benefit uh, finding bad guys, finding patterns, uh, working for whether or not you choose government service or industry that serves government. It could be many different paths that you take. Uh, this just wasn't because she was a first generation uh, American. This wasn't part of the cultural background that she had. And she honestly, I hadn't thought about it. And so I went back to the board and said, wow, that's one individual. And since then, we've all had these stories that, uh, in fact, it's happening everywhere, that if you don't come from a background uh, that values public service, it's not your first stop. And I believe that is something that's going to be seriously troublesome as people in my age bracket retire and uh, we get the, the mid, you know, mid tier age, whatever you want to call it, and now we're trying to groom young people, uh, we need to be working on that. So we've got a program getting started. Um, Ashley Mahan is on Government Advisory Council, and she's working with us at GSA and uh, two, two people from the board uh, to work on a program to develop uh, ways in which we will go out to the uh, community and you share your experience, you share your experience I don't want the same people. I don't want the same industry, somebody in cybersecurity, somebody in healthcare, somebody named 10 things, a small business, a product company, a big integrator, an agency like SEC, an agency like GSA or DOD. There's so many different ways that we have to expose the next generation to. And storytelling is a really great way to do that. Uh, and just uh, having people early on be thoughtful about um wow, that was a nice person. Gee, I like that idea. I never considered it. Let's have another conversation. Let's have a path. So that's what I think I, um, I, want, I want to do next is more in that space and share some of my experiences and uh, try to um, put, put like-minded people together to help them learn and understand. And we have an amazing uh, emerging leaders organization, and I we thank you so much for being a part of that session, a gov uh, senior government executive dinner that was amazing last week. And uh, that's the the team that is running this the next generation, and they're actively involved in this as well. So I think we have to do more and get out there and uh, tell just tell stories about what it's like in the 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 way our life is unfolding and share some examples. I especially think this is important as we still are doing this. We're not so much in person and people are getting used to not being in person. So I was always taught that, you know, and I firmly believe it, that, you know, people buy and work with people they like, you know, you, how do you get to know somebody unless you, you do these sorts of things? So uh, you have to take the time to step outside yourself as a leader and go and meet other people where they are. And so we're going to do more of that. Uh, and, and that's fun. That is fun.
So what's next? What's next for you, Kathleen? Or ne what's next for Deep Water Point? Um, what's what's coming up in the future? So Deep Water Point is a management consulting organization. We're comprised of government and industry executives, uh, C-suite executives. Um, we support product companies, uh, small businesses, large businesses. We have a Department of Defense, the intelligence community, civilian, healthcare. Uh, but we are a full life cycle. We're not just business development. We're a full life cycle organization. And um, the beauty of what I do and what I love and what the future is, is working with really smart people from across the spectrum for over the over 200 clients that we have. Every day is different. I am leading with uh, Admiral David Simpson, a emerging technologies and innovation uh, piece of the business helping new companies come in with uh, new capabilities, innovation, working on uh, helping them better understand the market that they're coming into, uh, non-traditional sources, OTAs, things of that nature, uh, trying to understand how business is done, how FedRAMP works, what zero trust means to uh, them, what they must comply with, with SBOMs, things of that nature that are uh, really important for businesses that are in the commercial side, but not necessarily serving government. Mm -hmm. So um, every day is new on something like that, uh, from drones, robotics, 5G, ORAN, uh, all kinds of edge computing, um, the services side of that, uh, managed network services, all kinds of great things. And I think that's we're just going to keep doing uh, what we're doing. Um, part of what we want to do is this blend of government and industry. You see, you think that's what I liked working with you when we worked together on ELC. Your perspective is one way and my perspective is different, but they're not different in a, in a negative way. They're complementary. So when I listen to you and when you might hear me and we might have new ideas for how to help people, uh, that's the beauty of uh, the structure that we have at Deepwater Point. And, um, you know, if you've ever worked with 11 three stars and rear admirals and vice admirals and surgeon generals, it's a pretty humbling experience. Uh, and But everybody's the same. We treat everybody the same. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter what your background is. Uh, you're, you are of value. So, that's the other thing uh, that I would say sort of in, in a uh, what's next is we have to make sure that uh, culture is important to people, the culture of the organization. Um, I uh, did this uh, testing before. Um, I actually keep it right on my desk. Um, it's here all the time. It's my core value statement to myself. It never leaves my desk. It's... Um, ethics, respect, creativity, teamwork, flexibility. And my power compass is around um, my values with discipline, insight, creativity, and support from other people. Mm. So I, I feel like we should um, all take time to step back and think about who, who we are as an individual, make sure you balance. I have five grandchildren, uh, you know, so I gotta have time for them. I got a fabulous husband and three great adult kids and my community that I serve, the business that I have. So uh, get up every day and just make a difference. Be good, be a good citizen, be a good steward of what your responsibilities are and, and laugh, have a good time. You know, life's too short. Get, get your endorphins going. And uh, as you know, I'm a golfer, so I love, to, I love to play golf and 
that's sort of my, my jam. So I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't wait to see you again in person. Yeah, me too. Thanks a million. Have a beautiful night.